You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Parsha Review Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Parsha Review Podcast. Uh, to those of you who don't know, uh, my daughter, Meira, got engaged last night to a wonderful young man, Shimon Prupis from uh, Montreal, and we're all so excited and delighted uh, with the, the new member of our family, and we're so excited for Meira, for the new family that she is uh, joining, really an exceptional uh, celebration, and uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to celebrate all of us together in Houston and back here in the tri-state area, and then hopefully in uh, Jerusalem. Obviously, that's our, our hope, is for all of us to be in Jerusalem with our rebuilt temple, Amen, speedily in our days. So I wanted to share a quick thought, and you know, it's, it's you know, last night we had the engagement, you know, the first, uh, just the engagement to the party is going to be on, on Wednesday, but still, he comes from a big family, He's one of 11 children. Mi'ira comes from a big family. Baruch Hashem, we have eight. And many of his, he's the ninth of the 11 children. And many of, all of his siblings, older siblings are married with their children. So it was like the nephews and the nieces. And it was just so much, it was so beautiful and so, so incredible. Not to get lost in all of this is I told my daughter this morning, we're trying to work on arranging uh, wedding halls and, you know, putting together a, a schedule and a timeline here. And uh, I told my daughter and my wife, I said, I'm giving the class, even though it's going to be a shorter class, it's going to be a mini class. But I said, we have to continue learning Torah. The most important value we have as Jewish people is the study of Torah. And there's nothing that's more valuable than our study of Torah. So therefore, even though I'm currently not in our magnificent Torch Center, I see Ed is, but, and all of you are in your homes respectively, uh, I felt that it was important that we continue the consistency of our classes, keep it going, notwithstanding that you know we're distanced in, in the physical dimension, but in the spiritual dimension, we're right there together, one united class learning together every day. So to those of you on Zoom, thank you so much for being there. And those of you on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, uh, Twitch, Instagram, thank you so much for joining us as well. And those of you listening in the podcast, as soon as this gets out, I'm delighted that we can learn today. Okay, so I want to begin with a little bit about this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Tetzaveh. Now, what's very, very interesting about Parsha's Tetzaveh, it is the 20th portion in the Torah, and it's the only portion in Shmos, Exodus, Vayikra, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, does not have, every, every portion has the name of Moshe, except for this portion. Why not? So we know that when Moshe spoke to Hashem, after the Jewish people sinned with the golden calf, he said to Hashem, forgive the Jewish people. And God says, well, I can't, I can't forgive the Jewish people. Well, Moses says, well, if you can't forgive the Jewish people, erase me from your book. What does that mean, erase me from your book? What Moshe is saying, it was harsh what Moshe says. Moshe is saying in a very harsh term, take me out of your book. Meaning, if you can't find the mercy, the compassion, 
the forgiveness in your heart, Hashem, to forgive the Jewish people for the sin, then I don't want to be part of it because that's how close Moshe felt and responsible he felt for the people of Israel, that he says, no matter what, if the Jewish people are not forgiven, I don't want to be part of this. So if you look, the amazing, 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 not coincident because there's no coincidence in the Torah, but if you take erase me from your book it's Mispar Chof number 20 from the 20th portion of the Torah so from the entire Torah the 20th portion is the only portion that does not have Moshe's name once he was introduced which is in Shmos in the beginning of Exodus but additional to this is that of this this week's Torah portion is always the date of Moshe's yard site, the day that Moshe passed away, Zion Adar. And this week is Zion Adar, and it's the day that Moshe passed away from this world. And the same day that Moshe, so to speak, got erased from this world is the day that Moshe doesn't appear in the Torah. It's an amazing thing. Okay, so now... I don't think we mentioned this in our previous posting on the Parsha podcast, Parsha Review podcast, but I want to share something really, really, really exceptional that we find in this week's Parsha. So in this week's Parsha, we talk about the construction or the development, the design of the clothes of the Kohen, the priestly garments, and Hashem says, to Moshe, you shall speak to all the wise-hearted that I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. And they shall make Aaron's garments to sanctify him to serve me as a Kohen. Now there's something here which is really unique and odd is that what is the virtue that Hashem says these people, these craftsmen should have? They should be wise-hearted. Now, last I checked, people who are wise are wise in their mind. What's wise-hearted? Where does this this terminology even come from that we say someone should be wise-hearted? Really exceptional. You think wise-minded, What's wise-hearted? Our sages tell us something really, really phenomenal. And that is that what a Jewish person and what we value in Judaism is not wisdom. There are many, many, many wise people who have wisdom in their mind, but not in their action. There are many people who do great actions, but don't have wisdom. What we need to have is to be wise-hearted. That our mind and our actions meet up and are in the same place. Meaning to say that it's not enough for a person to just think great thoughts. They have to put it into action. That means if a person just has great ideas, speaks great words of wisdom, but doesn't act in that manner, that's not the Torah way. The people that Hashem wants 
to do every and it's putting together the garments. It's not such a it's it's a tremendous task. It's a tremendous job, but it's not like the most important thing. It's not like the kohen. It's yeah, but even just making the garments, Hashem doesn't want people who are half good. Oh, they 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 think good thoughts, but they don't act in a proper way. You know, there's the famous story about Aristotle, one of the greatest philosophers ever. And he would give lectures and his students were mind blown by his genius, by his brilliance. And after one of his classes, they found him in a very compromised situation, in a very promiscuous situation. So the students asked him, what's going on? You're the great Aristotle. You're the great philosopher. What's going on? You think such high thoughts. How is it that you act in such a way? To which he responded, when I teach, I'm a philosopher. But now I'm just me. You see, that doesn't work in Judaism. You can't be, well, now I'm a rabbi, but now I'm just me. (laughs) That doesn't work. Wherever a person goes, You're a Jewish person. Well, when I'm in synagogue, I'm a Jew. But when I'm out and about, then I'm just me. That's not, we have to be the same person in our mind, in our intellect, and the same person in our actions. It is so important, vitally important, that we always bring together our mind, our intellect, and our actions. Even... We say, I'm just a simple person. Who am I? I'm just a nobody. I'm a nobody. Nobody knows me. I'm not a famous person. No one is looking. Hashem wants to see our actions and our thoughts match up. We talk about Aristotle, but the truth is, you think of so many. I, I remember seeing a video. I've shared this before, a video that really disturbed me. You know, sometimes we think that someone who is spiritually and holy is a person of good character as well. That's what we we hope and we assume. And in Torah, the examples of rabbis and sages that I've seen who are such righteous people, not only brilliant minds, but the way in which they acted with kindness, with compassion, with love, with dignity, with honor, was so incredible. So, and I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it with my grandfather, the way in which he spoke to people, the way in which he thought about people, the way in which he acted was parallel to his brilliance. It wasn't just smart man acts like a dog at home, treats his wife inappropriately. No, the same brilliance he had in his words, in his mind, he had in his actions. And they were they 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 matched up. I saw a video of the Pope, and people were coming to see the Pope, and people are walking by, and he's you know waving, waving, and one person was so excited, so excited to see her leader, her guide, her her, her spirit, and she wanted to you know just give him a hug. And, you know, just like to, to, get, to get close. And he gave her a slap. You can look it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. And to me, it was like, 
such an inappropriate act. And who am I to criticize another person? I'm just trying to bring an example. But the idea that it's not enough to preach love and kindness. We have to act love and kindness. You know, the, the, the Talmud warns us that call Whoever has mercy on the cruel will end up being cruel to the merciful. Meaning, what does that mean? If you can't distinguish, and it's in our world, that our generation today, it's really concerning. We have many people who are talking and preaching that we have to love Love knows no borders, and love knows no, no boundaries, and everything's about love. But Israel is defending itself from terrorists who declare our annihilation, and suddenly all of that peace and love is gone. It's exceptional. You look at all of these universities that are preaching, oh, you know, the greatest thoughts of intelligentsia, and suddenly... Israel is defending itself and they're yelling and screeching and they're making uh, demonstrations in New York City and, and in England and in London and in all of the big cities in the world and they're declaring against Israel an apartheid state and they're, they're, they're asking for a ceasefire from Chicago when there are more killings in Chicago and a typical weekend than you have in Gaza. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable. But that's because people are thinking one way but acting a different way there is an inconsistency with how they live and with how they think and they just separate the two and in judaism you cannot separate the two the torah teaches us that even for such a small task of putting together the garments and designing the garments of the kohen you need to have chachmei leif wise-hearted people. That means that they're not people who live with a split, an identity challenge. They don't live with thoughts one way and actions another way. There's a consistency. They're not living with a, 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 a conflict. The Torah wants us to learn every word in our portions and ask questions. The Torah wants us to look and say, one second, that's a term that doesn't, doesn't flow. Why does the verse say, chach meilev, wise-hearted? Hey, ask that question. We should all be asking that question. Our sages help us learn how to learn Torah. And when we learn through the Parsha, we should ask these questions. Why does the Torah use such a terminology? It's not a phrase of ancient of ancient scholars. It's not a term of, oh, back biblical times, they had a different expressions. It's a lesson for us. And I think that if we can take this lesson of learning not to live in a contradiction, not to live with conflict, to resolve those conflicts, that we should understand what it is that we're spewing out there. What is it that we're declaring out there? Yes, we're looking for peace with our neighbors. We've offered peace. We've given land for peace. We've done everything we can. And yet we're still being 
bashed in the UN and bashed in the streets of our cities because there's an inconsistency. And that inconsistency is being tolerated, is being allowed, is being perpetrated by all of the media sources. And it's really astonishing. But this is what we're looking for. What we're looking for is the wisdom of the Torah, where the Torah tells us exactly, the Torah guides us in how to properly synchronize the two things. You know, if you have someone who is a special, a specialist in botany, and they understand everything about and everything about natural uh, healing because they know every single ingredient, every single thing that grows in the ground, they know what the what the healing uh, ingredients are would be for any illness. But imagine if they use that, and instead of giving people healing ingredients, they give them poisoning ingredients. You'd be like, what's the point? What's the object? What? Why would you care to know all of the wisdom of botany if you don't even use it for good things? That means it's not enough to have wisdom. You have to use the wisdom properly. And that's what we're being urged in this week's Parsha. We're being urged that each and every one of us continue to grow, continue to learn, and implement those things. So we don't just say, yes, I'm proudly Jewish, but I don't know why I'm proud. Yes, I believe in the Torah, but I don't observe it. That means we shouldn't live with that conflict. Now, we've said, and we continue to say, that yes, indeed, the Torah obligates us to 613 commandments, not only to seven. But if a person is not yet there, if a person doesn't yet know, the person doesn't understand yet, the person hasn't yet been able to implement those 613, the Torah requires us to take small steps. Small, teeny steps. And every person to find that one step that's meaningful, that's proper for them, for where they're standing spiritually, not to jump, and to take that one small step and to grow with it and to make it part of who you are. Because if you try to jump, you will be shot down. It's guaranteed. The Yetzahara, the evil inclination, is looking for those who are flying high. He's looking for those who are in the stars saying, oh, I'm never going to speak Lashon Hara again. I'm never going to talk in Shul again. I'm never going to miss a minion again. I'm never... That's who the Yetzirah is looking for. You know, if I do it once a week, it won't bother the Yetzirah. If I try to do one thing special for Shabbos, I always tell, tell in our classes that if you want to start Shabbos observance, start with Friday night. Just Friday night. Imagine if just Friday night, you don't turn the lights on or off. You prepare them before Shabbos. The food that you prepared before Shabbos, you have on Friday night, don't everything is is warm you eat it right into the shabbos turn off your phones for friday night imagine by the time you wake up shabbos morning you already kept more than half of shabbos it's so beautiful and so incredible imagine if we can do that just friday night as the sun sets you have the delicious food that you prepared on friday you have it with your family you recite the kiddush you have a mozi with bread and then you finish your meal, and then you go to sleep. It gets already late. You wake up in the morning, you already kept more than half of Shabbos. 
not an unbelievable thing. That And that's the easy one. Easy. We can all take a small step that keeps us consistent with our values, with our ideals, with our with the things that we know to be true. And not we're not all holding at the same place. Every single person's got their things we, we can grow more in. I have my things and you have your things. Each and every one of us have things. We say, you know what? This is the next next frontier. This is the next thing I want to grow in. And we can preach and preach and preach, but that doesn't we have to really get there. We have to make it consistent that our actions and our thoughts and our values are in the same place so that we don't, God forbid, be the philosopher who says brilliant thoughts but acts in a way that's inconsistent with those thoughts. So Hashem should bless us all, each and every one of us, not only with an amazing Shabbos, but finding the areas where we can be consistent that our mind and our heart, our actions, our thoughts and our actions are in the same place, that they're together, that they're consistent. And Hashem should bless us all with success, with happiness. And I want to wish again a mazel tov to my daughter Meira and her chasen, her groom, Shimon. They should together find that unity, that perfection, and build a beautiful home together, a main, and hopefully have, you know, we say, that in the streets of Jerusalem soon, speedily will have the song of the bride and groom in the streets of Jerusalem because we're going to have a rebuilt temple and we're always associating marriage with our rebuilt temple so hopefully they will be part of bringing together the Jewish people bringing together the joy and happiness from around the world to Jerusalem, amen, speedily in our days. Thank you so much and have a great Shabbos, everybody. You've been listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby on a podcast produced by Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. We need you. We need partners. Please help sponsor an episode so we can continue to produce more quality Jewish content for our listeners around the globe. Please visit torchweb.org to donate and partner with us on this incredible endeavor.